We live in a world that doesn't always understand grief, but we do. We see you, we hear you, and we're here to talk about grief in the most real of ways, because we have lived with it too. In this podcast, we'll look at ways to integrate grief into a life that is fulfilling and meaningful for you. There'll be no platitudes or silver linings, but there may be the occasional F-bomb. I'm coach John Polo, and my person died. I'm coach Carolyn Gower, and my person died too. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 12 of the podcast. This is actually going to be the season finale of season one. So Carol and I are going to be taking a little bit of a break and we will be back May 10th. So make sure that you set, you know, some kind of reminder for yourself that we will be back with the start of season two on May 10th. Okay. This week's episode is entitled in our words. And what we're going to be doing today in a few moments is actually just reading some of our favorite things that we've ever written. So some of it will be memes, other things might be pages from our books, etc. And we're just going to do a straight run through. We're not going to do a bunch of commentary, okay? But again, these are, you know, passages or memes that we have picked out because, you know, they're they're some of our favorites. They're ones that we think are powerful. But before we get to that, we want to just go through a couple housekeeping things. So first of all, Carolyn and I are receiving a lot of great feedback about the podcast, and we are so thankful for that. If you're listening to the podcast and you're liking it, let us know. It's a lot of hard work. We can't talk to you guys right here, so we want to know how it's being received. Or if you you know, have suggestions on how to make the podcast better, uh, we're up for that as well. But I want to address something right now. So Carolyn and I are both coaches and we, it's weird. Cause like, what's a grief coach? Well, that's what we do. Okay. I mean, it's a weird thing to say, but that's what we do. But we also go way beyond that. So we both coach self-esteem and self-worth purpose and motivation dating and relationships. Who am I now? Self-care rebuilding your life. We hope that you guys are getting something from this podcast, but this podcast is not intended to come across as our coaching. And I think it's very important that we draw a distinction here. There are a lot of people emailing me or on my social media that need, in their own words, I'm not saying it, (laughs) in their own words, they need more of a helping hand. This podcast is not intended for that. So if you need more of a helping hand, that's where, you know, our books come into play, our one-on-one coaching comes into play, the groups that I have now that Carolyn's going to have on her own and that we're going to roll out together as well come into play. And we really encourage you guys to take a look at our stuff and to take that leap of faith for those of you who need that additional helping hand, because we're here and we do want to help. That's right, John. And we do have lots of other uh, exciting stuff coming up for you as we get into season two of the podcast as well. So for instance, we will be starting a Facebook group for everyone who listens to our podcast can join and be part of our My Person Died To community. 
we will be connecting with you in there and talking about topics for the podcast and lots of other things as we go along. We, we want to create our own special little community within there. And as John said, we do have some workshops and a program and groups and other things coming up that we are looking at doing together as well. So you will get both of us in those two. Yeah, we have a lot of new things coming as well. In addition to, again, our one-on-one coaching. Carolyn, I'm super excited about the new offering that we have for our podcast monthly supporters. Tell them a little bit about that. Yes, John. So it is really exciting. For $4.99 US dollars per month, you will receive our deepest gratitude for your support and for buying a coffee for John, a green tea for me to keep us going while we record. But this next one is where it's at. So it's pretty special. For $9.99 US per month, you will automatically go into a monthly draw. And John, I think we need a drum roll for this one. What do you think? Do it. I can't do the monthly, the drum roll. Do it. (laughs) You will go into a monthly draw for a 60-minute sip and chat session with both of us. So that's you and me, John. How bloody awesome is that? Yeah, good. Now, it will be held on Zoom. You can bring along your drink of choice and we are all yours for one entire hour. It can be a coaching session. You can pick our brains. It can be a chat. You can even tell us your best dad jokes. We're all yours for a whole hour and there will be one given away every month. Okay, so basically $4.99 a month, they're like, hey, I appreciate the podcast. It's helping. John, go get yourself a coffee for the podcast. Carolyn, go get yourself a, a tea for the podcast. That's to show their gratitude. $9.99 a month. They're also showing their gratitude, but they are being entered into the monthly giveaway where we will pick one person a month and for 60 minutes, they're on a Zoom sip and chat with us and we get to do whatever they want to do. If they want our coaching, we give them their coaching. If they want to sit there and tell us, you know, we can all sit around and for 60 minutes tell funny memories of, you know, Tony and Michelle and, you know, whoever they loved and lost, that's what they can do. That's what we're doing, right? That's the plan? That's right. And the thing right, is, I like it. this will not be available anywhere else. It's just for you guys. I like it. Perfect. So any other like housekeeping stuff that we have to get to before we start this episode? I think we've covered it all, John. Let's get into the episode. All right, guys. So we're going to start reading now to you. I want you guys to know that we're not going to edit this podcast episode at all. So I have to give just tons of credit to Carolyn. She has been doing all the editing on this podcast. I have my own podcast that I do. I just have not had any time. She has done all the editing and it's been a lot of hard work. We made the decision to not edit this last episode of season one because we just want it to be purely authentic. So you might hear me sneezing on the microphone. You might hear John Polo's phlegm all up in your ear. You might hear Carolyn's phone ringing during this episode. Whatever you hear, we're not gonna edit anything, okay? We're gonna do a straight run through. Even if one of us starts to cry, you're gonna hear our tears, okay? So I'm gonna start the the reading off. Is that okay, Carolyn? Yeah, let's do it, John. All right, 
So this is a meme I wrote in 2018. Grief is so damn weird. It's like you can be doing just fine, having a good day, and you're in the grocery store, and you pass the tomatoes. All of a sudden, it hits you, sadness, because she loved tomatoes. So now you're all sad and lonely, just standing there, staring at the tomatoes, wondering why your person can't still be alive, standing next to you. The realization of everything that you lost once again comes crashing down. As a kind-looking human walks up next to you and grabs a tomato, you remember what life was like when a tomato was just a tomato and did not have the ability to take your breath away. Your turn. I'm sorry, John. All that's going through my head is you say tomatoes, I say tomatoes. Right? There you go. I say tomato. What do you say? Uh, in Australia, we say tomatoes. Yeah, well, no one wants me talking in my Aussie accent again after last week. So. <laughs> no, maybe not. <laughs> okay, my mine is based on conversations with myself in the very early days of grief. I don't know how I'm going to get through this, she said. Just breathe, I answered. This is another meme that I wrote recently, actually. Talk about her. Say her name. Remind me of a story I already know and share with me a story I've never heard before as well. For when you speak of our lost loved ones, just for a moment, you bring their memory back to life in full force. You are allowing us the space to feel connected to them once more. I still think of you every day, though your memory now brings a smile to my face more often than that sharp pain to my heart. This is a page from my third book, How to Date a Widow 101. So it says, more basics. Bullet point one. She is always going to love her husband. Bullet point two. The statement above is absolutely no reflection of her feelings towards you. Bullet point three. Oftentimes, falling in love again brings with it a tremendous amount of guilt. The fact that she is willing to open her heart again is brave as fuck. Bullet point four. When our spouses pass away, a part of us goes with them. We are, in effect, like a stranger to ourselves. We have to rebuild. Yes, you're getting to know her. But keep in mind, she's likely also getting to know herself as well. Does it not seem a bit ridiculous when our loved one dies that society expects us to be over our grief in one year, five, ten, or even 20 years? I mean, our person is still dead. We still miss them. We still love them. That won't go away. So why would our grief? I love that one. Great job. That's great. We don't just miss the past and the present. We also miss the future. We miss the future that we missed. 
As I stumbled through the darkest days of grief, I kept trusting that I would walk in the sunshine again. I like that one. I'm letting it process. Okay. I'm sorry. See, this is, this is what they would normally not get if we edit it. I'm letting that process before. I've never heard that one before. This is a meme I wrote a couple of years ago. I'm six years out. I probably wrote this about two years ago or so. It says, it feels like both yesterday and a lifetime ago. I can relate to that. I was just thinking that myself on the weekend, John, with Tony's anniversary. For those who feel strong after going through tough times, you are amazing. For those who feel weak or vulnerable after going through tough times, you too are amazing. Keep going. I love that one. There's a, this is not the one I wanted to read, but there's a page at the end of my first book, maybe about 15 pages before the end of the book, that says some, something along the lines of, I don't have it in front of me, something along the lines of, sometimes I feel like Superman, and sometimes I cannot even get out of bed. Although that's, it's, it's worded much better. Maybe I'll find it here before the end of the episode, because I just botched the fuck out of that. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not editing, so we'll go with it. This is a meme I wrote about a year ago. It's cray cray to me that people think we ever get over the loss of someone who we love with all of our heart. Nope, we don't get over it. We move forward for both their love and their absence walk with us every day. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I've lost my place, John. <laughs> That's okay. We're not editing it. We'll We're sit not. here until you find your place. <laughs> I, was, I was too caught up in your last one. <laughs> That's all right. Take your time. Okay. All emotions are valid. You cannot positive vibes only yourself out of grief. I love that one. This is a meme I wrote ooh, probably about two and a half years in. Of course I changed. That's what happens when your world breaks, your heart shatters, and the future you planned is destroyed. The old me died years ago, and this new me is me reborn. Yes, I like that. I welcome the moments where I smile, laugh, and embrace life again. I will not allow grief to steal these from me. This is, this is one of my favorite ones, and it's so simplistic, but I love it. Can I say I love some of my writing? I love some of my writing. <laughs> <laughs> of course you can. I actually don't have this one in front of me because I couldn't find it this morning as I was preparing, but I'm pretty sure I know it word for word. It's like a sentence long. I know my deceased spouse understands my pain and roots for my joy. I was going to, I was going to elaborate there because I wanted to talk about it, but we're not supposed to elaborate. We're just reading these off. So go ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> sorry, the John. <laughs> There's something that I do have to elaborate on there. Go ahead. So I know you guys in America will say um, like, I'm rooting for you and use the word rooting a yeah. lot. 
I just want to educate you a little bit in what that oh, means. Oh, shit. Go ahead. Tell me. <laughs> Tell me. Uh, so rooting uh, in Aussie slang actually means to, how do I put it? Have sex. Oh, okay. Well, share. Okay. So I'm glad that you elaborated because then all of our people from, you know, Australia will know what the hell's going on. So when they read that meme, when my followers from Australia read that meme, they have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, we, we do know that's a saying. Okay. You got I, it. I just okay. couldn't resist telling you that one. So, okay. Good. Sorry. You know, every time you use that phrase now, you're going to think of that, aren't you? <laughs> I am going to think about that. Yep. <laughs> On to the next one. I like who I've become. I just don't like what I had to go through to get here. I like that one. So now I have read the memes that I selected. I'm going to go and start reading a couple of my longer pieces from my books. So this is, and you're going to hear pages in your ear as I get to the appropriate page in the appropriate book. This piece is entitled Why We Talk About Them, and it's on page five of my first book. Bear with me. It's not that long, but I'm a slow reader, so it's going to take me a second or two. We talk about them because we love them in life and in death. We talk about them because they are still a part of us and always will be. We talk about them because the love that we shared and the loss that we endured have shaped, have, have shaped us into the person that we are today. We talk about them because we find it therapeutic for our minds, for our hearts, for our souls. We talk about them because it helps us and we hope that it will help others. We talk about them because the memories make us happy and we want to feel that. We talk about them because the memories make us sad and we need to feel that. We talk about them because we want the world to know the struggle of cancer, of suicide, of drug addiction, of heart disease, of sudden death, of terminal illness, the struggle of loss. We talk about them because we want you to appreciate what you have, because in hindsight, we realize we may not have. We talk about them because they are still ours and we are still theirs. We talk about them because in the day-to-day -day grind that is life, we sometimes feel them drifting away. And we know that talking about them will make us closer, I'm sorry, will make us feel closer to them today. See, we would edit that part out, but we're just gonna let it roll. We talk about them because we want to, we talk about them because we need to. And yes, sometimes we talk about them because nobody else is. It is now our responsibility to carry on their legacies. We talk about them because we take that responsibility very seriously. I'm gonna get a sip of water. Three more lines. They get to hear me drink. When Michelle was sick and dying, she would often tell me of her fears that everyone would forget her, that she would become a distant memory, that nobody would speak of her anymore, that it would be like she never existed. Nope, not gonna happen, not on my watch, not now, not, not, 
not ever. We talk about them because we refuse to let them be forgotten. I'm done. Your turn. Oh, I love that. That's really, really beautiful. I love that. Thank you. So a bit of a change from John's beautiful writing there. This is actually a poem that, if you could call it poem, it's a bit questionable. Um, I wrote in the very, very, very early days of grief, I just actually started writing something down and it come out like this. So it's called The Bitch. I love this one. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that bitch called grief is not my friend. She'll arrive unannounced and turn my day on its end. She's cruel and unkind, doesn't care where you are, with friends, at work, even driving your car. That bitch called grief can cause unbearable pain, but when the new day dawns, I will rise again because she'll always be there even when she's not seen. But it's oh so important to allow that grief in. I love it. That's one of my favorite pieces. You sent me that when you first signed up as one of my clients. I remember Indeed. that piece. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I remember reading it. Okay, so I have another one here. I'm looking down. Hopefully, I'm, you, they can hear me on the mic okay as I look down and read this. So this is from my second book. Widowed people do not want sympathy. We want patience, even when you are tired of being patient. Support, even when the rest of the world thinks we should no longer need support. Understanding, even though we know it is impossible for you to truly understand. Widowed people want to feel loved, welcomed, and not forgotten. Widowed people want to feel respected for the love that we had and for the love that we will always have, for the loss that we have endured, the pain beyond anything that we can properly articulate, even with the most powerful of words. Widowed people do not want to be seen with pity, but instead view us as fighters, because we are, fighting so hard, as tired as can be. A helping hand is always welcomed. A, a helping hand is always welcome, as opposed to a kick while we are already down. Widowed people do not want to be viewed as scary. Please do not worry. We are not contagious. Promise. Widowed people want you to stick around, even after the dust settles, and everyone goes back to their normal lives. For it is us who is left with the pain, the void, and this new reality, one in which we never asked for. Widowed people want you to stop judging, for you have no idea what you speak of. Just as our love was unique, so will be our grief and our healing. Widowed people want you to know that this pain we are fighting through, fuck, it has taken its toll. And that every time we think we can no longer go on, somehow we find the strength to rest and then rise. This is my favorite part of this passage. The ability to grieve as we move forward and to move forward as we grieve yes. are both very real things. Thus, we ask that you please expand your mind before assuming that we are either stuck in our pain or no longer in pain. 
the ability the inability for some in society to realize this somewhat simplistic concept leaves us even more hurt and exhausted than we already are widowed people surrounded by the ashes of everything that we once knew the strength that it takes to hold on and then to eventually rebuild honestly i'm so proud of you yes hallelujah also true thank you now this one's called grief is the price we pay for love when tony died people would ask me if you knew the outcome would you still have wanted the relationship with him my answer was always yes without any hesitation you see the almost six years that tony and i shared together was the most beautiful time in my life. He showed me what it was like to experience true, unconditional love, a love beyond any words, a love that shone bright through the highs, but also deepened and strengthened as we faced the lowest of lows. Our love was the one constant that remained strong through it all. Not even cancer could rob us of that. But with such deep love, comes deep grief. Yes, I will always grieve my husband because I will always love him. Grief is the final act of love. I like that. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, yeah, we're not supposed to elaborate, so I'll save thoughts, but yes. Somebody asked me that question once and it was when Michelle was dying and yeah. It brought me to back to a place of gratitude. So gratitude doesn't walk alone, right? You yes. can have gratitude and realize how incredibly lucky you were and also realize that you weren't cheated. Those two things can walk hand in hand. Absolutely, they can. But we're not supposed to elaborate, so I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody's in my hallway making a shit ton of noise. The microphone <laughs> probably picked that up, but that's okay. So this is a page from my third book, my dating book. Doesn't have a title. Last night, I went out with a group of local widowed people. Some I knew, some I didn't. Towards the end of the night, a conversation began with one of the widows I had never met before. Michelle came up, so I explained some of the backstory. After we discussed Michelle, this woman made a comment that had me a little confused. Was she a widow or perhaps just a friend of someone who decided to tag along for the evening? Wait, are you a widow? I asked. She responded back with hesitation, telling me that she didn't know how to respond to that because they were only engaged and not married. You're a widow. You're a widow, I started. Well, I mean, unless you don't want to be a widow. You can call yourself whatever you want. I backed off a bit, realizing that she may not want to be referred to as a widow. I personally think you're a widow, though. A piece of paper does not measure love, I concluded. She hesitated without response for a moment as she gave me a look of appreciation. It was as if I was validating her pain in a world that sometimes may not. Let me be clear, never 
treat someone else's pain as less than yours simply because they did not have a marriage license. Those who didn't make it official in time deserve all of the same love and support as the rest of us, piece of paper or not. Yeah, that's such your turn, my friend. Message, such an important Thank message. You. Okay, this is just a, a short one. It's plain, but I kind of like it. I see your pain, so I won't tell you to have a good day. Instead, I'll simply say to have a day, because grief is so hard. It's uncomfortable, unpredictable, and unforgiving. Know that there will be gentler days ahead. And until then, have a day. I absolutely love that. That's I never heard that. That's great. Thank you for sharing. You need okay, to check so, out my socials more, John. <laughs> I know. Well, I try not to be on social media that much, you know. Um, okay, so this is the next one is the Michelle one, which you know what that means, Carolyn. You know what the Michelle one means. Do you know what that means? No, tell me. It means that there is a 99.2% chance that I'm going to tear up very Ooh, badly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go. I Do read you have this your episode. No, no, I don't have any tissues. It's okay. I don't, I'll, I'll use the piece of paper or something. I read this in episode four of the podcast I do myself. So for those of you that don't know, I have my own podcast focused on dating, relationships, and self-growth. You can go to my website and access it. And I read this in episode four of that podcast because it's about self-growth as well. And I teared up three times. So good luck to me here. <laughs> <laughs> Say a prayer for me, Carolyn, that I can get through this. Okay. Please, John. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My wife had an extremely difficult life. To put it mildly and in the most simplistic of terms, but you would have never known it, ever. She was warm, she was kind, she was so funny, without even trying to be. She would light up every room she would walk into. I would often look at her, amazed that she was the way that she was, after having been through so many of the things that she had endured. I will never be the person that she was, never. I am not capable of it. But I try to use her as an example of the person that I want to be. One moment in particular really stands out to me. We were on our way home from seeing the cancer spe specialist in New York City. We had just received even more devastating news. The fears that we wanted to rid ourselves of, but had held on to for so long, were becoming more and more set in stone. She was going to die. As we entered the line at the airport, I took exception with what I perceived to be an attitude, attitude from the TSA agent. The old John wanted to, and was about to, say something. Stop it, Michelle started. He is not responsible for our pain. I remember shutting my mouth in anger, anger at the TSA agent, anger at the world for doing this to us, and yes, anger at her for being right. Doing good so far. 
I will never be the person that my wife was, never, no matter how hard I try. But as I continue to grow as a man, and more importantly, as a human, I strive to remember how she was, how warm she was, how kind she was, how her presence would instantly make others feel better. I try to remember that the world is not responsible for my pain. I try to not allow the ugliness of some humans to turn me ugly. I try to lift people up, having seen the impact such a thing can have on another human. The ability to make or break another living person is an actual thing. And most importantly, I try to do what she did. I try so hard to not allow an often ugly world to turn me cold. So my next one is called Conversations with the Dying. There's so many hard conversations to be had when your partner has a terminal illness. In the midst of Tony's cancer journey, I remember wishing we could just have the normalcy that other couples had when their biggest problem was what to do on the weekend. But instead, we were dealing with the unwanted side effects of cancer treatment, the anxiety of waiting for the latest scan results, researching and making decisions on what treatment could keep my husband alive, even if only just for another month. And then there's the appointments. It just feels like an endless schedule. But you know that they will end one day and you don't want that day to come either. There's pain, lots and lots of pain and trying to help keep that under control. Living with cancer is a real shit show. However, it also brought us an intimacy deeper than I've ever, ever known. Facing the uncertainty of time opened us up to deep conversations where nothing was left unsaid. We never missed an opportunity to show our love for each other. We declared it openly, honestly, and often, appreciating every second that we had together. The little things in life had suddenly become big, important things. I can hear your furnace, John. (laughs) I don't know. I got to go turn it off as soon as you're done talking. (laughs) (laughs) Some mornings we'd lay in bed in a sweaty, entangled embrace, holding each other tight as we shared our intense fear of what lay ahead for us with the sheets dampened from our tears. He would tell me how he wanted me to meet someone else when the time was right because I deserved to be happy and he wanted that for me. And I would tell him to shut the fuck up because I just (laughs) couldn't imagine life without him, even though I knew it was coming and it was coming soon. We talked about his funeral, where he wanted to be buried, the songs to play and which coffin he'd prefer. Conversations that you can never, ever be prepared for. Heartbreaking, earth-shattering, mind-blowing, surreal, fucked-up conversations. I truly believe that Tony and I were brought together in this life for a reason. We fitted a lifetime of love into our six years. It was nowhere near long enough and I feel incredibly ripped off. But I also feel incredibly privileged 
that I got to share such a special journey with this amazing man. And we still share a bond that even death cannot break. That was beautiful. I have, to, I, this is, we're not editing this. Do not edit this. I'm going to go shut off my furnace and then we'll talk to the <laughs> listeners about the furnace issues I've been having. And then I'll read my next passage. So entertain them, tell them, tell them something weird about me or I don't know how much, I don't know. Tell them something. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, John goes. So this is something that happens every episode, John's furnace and his refrigerator and someone flushing the toilet upstairs or um, what else is there? Oh, John, your stomach rumbled. Your stomach hasn't rumbled today yet. The amount of fucking editing that my podcast has taken and this podcast has taken because of just all the stuff, like the furnace, the neighbors, the refrigerator, sneezing. Like, this is a lot of hard work, <laughs> I got to tell you. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to, the furnace is turned off for the moment. Hopefully it doesn't go back on. Carolyn, how many more do you have to read? I had one more on my list to read. I have one more as well. All right, perfect. Ah, look, we might have even planned that, guys. Okay, <laughs> so set this one up just a little bit. I speak at a conference called Camp Widow. I've spoken there since 2017. The first time I went, I was a speaker, and it was a life-changing trip for me. I always get very emotional every time I go back um because of what it's meant for me as a human friendships my my career my passion everything and every day on the last day there i wake up early i go get my coffee by myself and i get emotional <laughs> and this is a post i made on october 17th 2021 on the last day there so let's read it it says, as there's an airplane that goes by, and you're not editing this. It's crazy. There's a song. I don't know what it's called, but the main lyric says, it's a beautiful life. You probably know the one. And when it comes on, you pause. Because you go back to the moments when your wife was dying. And when you told her that you wanted to join her once she was called to the other side. And how she told you no that you couldn't do that, that it wasn't an option. You recall those moments so vividly when she told you just to hold on and that in time you'd find your hope. You recall how you thought there was no way that could ever be true. And the lyrics are playing as you approach six years out and your eyes start to swell up a bit. Okay, maybe more than a bit because you actually can't believe that she was right, that you did find your hope and that you rebuilt. When the song speaks those words, it's a beautiful life. They resonate so deeply with you because you take yourself back to the moments when you were on the floor crying so hard and all you wanted to do was die. And now you're here actually feeling as though you once again have a beautiful life hashtag hope your turn mm -hmm. i have goosebumps <laughs> so my last one i wrote 
once again in the very early days of grief and it was a time when I was feeling really frustrated, a bit angry and so alone and misunderstood in grief. And it's called They Do Not Know. They do not know what it's like to wake every day only to relive the pain of remembering that your soulmate is dead. They do not know that grief is exhausting and some days it can take every ounce of your your energy just to get out of bed and put one foot in front of the other. They do not know that you wear a mask every day because you don't want people to worry about you or judge you for not being over it yet. And that sometimes you just want to be alone so you can take that goddamn mask off and just be yourself. They do not know that your random visits, phone calls or messages are because you're so lonely and just want to have a conversation with someone. They do not know how it hurts when they say, at least he's not in pain anymore. At least, two words I've grown to hate. He's not in pain, but I sure as hell am. They do not know how upsetting it is to be asked for your emergency contact, but he's dead. They do not know how much you miss the little things, the cuddles, the small talk, the silly jokes, his snoring, yes, the snoring, waking up together, eating together, every little thing. They do not know the nights you stay up till 3am because you just can't get into that bed without him again. They do not know how precious memories and photos are and the devastation you feel when realising there'll be no more new ones. They do not know how disrespectful it is to compare their divorce to the death of your husband. I've been through an extremely hard divorce as well still not the same as watching your husband die. They do not know the anxiety you now feel when walking into an event alone, when he should be with you, or being the only single person in your group outing. They do not know how hard it is seeing them being affectionate with their partner, even though you're really happy for them. They do not know the post-traumatic stress you suffer as a result of watching the love of your life actively dying in front of you for months and months on end. They do not know how much it pisses you off when they whinge about their partner over the smallest of things, while you would give anything to have yours back and being able to do those annoying things. They do not know how incredibly hard Sundays are because that was our day to spend together and now all all I see is happy couples everywhere. They do not know how much it hurts when they stop talking about him because they think that will upset me. If only they knew how happy it makes me hearing them say his name and tell stories about him because then I know that they haven't just forgotten about him. They do not know that sometimes I catch myself feeling guilty for a moment of happiness, even though I know that he truly wants me to be happy. 
They do not know how jealous I get seeing old couples together because we will never have that. They do not know when I'm rambling onto them about meaningless day-to-day shit. It's because that's what I'd normally share with him, but now I can't. They do not know how much us widowed folk hate the words move on while we are doing our best each day to move forward in this new life that we didn't want. They do not know why I talk to my dead husband every day. They do not know that it's possible to feel so strong yet so weak because you have been through the unthinkable. They do not know that you now see beauty in the smallest, simplest things. They do not know how much I miss him every minute of every day. They do not know that even though I'm functioning and making progress to move forward in my life, there will still be times when I cry. This is normal and it does not mean that I'm not coping. They do not know how terrifying the thought of missing him and feeling this lonely for the rest of my life is, but how equally terrifying the thought of ever allowing myself to feel love again is as well. And you know what? I don't want them to know because to really know, you need to have experienced it. And I would never, ever wish that upon anyone. And I'm done. (laughs) You read that heavy ass piece and then you go, and I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. That was beautiful. 100% accurate, all of it. Okay. So we will see you guys on May 10th. Um, as we said at the beginning of this podcast, we are here for coaching oh, and shit. we want to coach you guys. Oh, John, my, <laughs> whoops, I just moved my leg and my thong fell off. <laughs> Your what fell off? My thong. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I just okay. realized you, you call something else a thong, don't you? <laughs> yeah, you can't say your thong fell off. <laughs> Sorry to when, give you that mental no, picture. <laughs> at least, I don't know what the numbers are because I haven't looked. At least, I mean, at least half of our people are from the United States. You can't say your thong fell off. They don't know that you're talking about your flip-flop. My flip-flop, people, is my flip-flop. My flip-flop fell on the floor and went bang. (laughs) Oh, Lord. So Carolyn and I can see each other when we're doing this, even though you guys only get the audio because we're doing it on Zoom. So I could tell when she says my thong fell off that she, you know, (laughs) what she was talking about. But yeah, the listeners don't know. So as I was oh saying, goodness. we will see y'all on May 10th. As we said at the beginning of this podcast, if you need more than this podcast, don't just say to yourself that you need more from the podcast. <laughs> Go to our websites, take a look at all the things we coach, all of them, not just the grief, all of them. Take a detailed look at what we offer and take that leap of faith because we would love to help you with your grief and the rebuilding of your life to help get you where you want to go. We'll see you on May 10th, right, Carolyn? Yes, see you May 10, everyone. Thank you for listening to the My Person Died To podcast. 
For full information on our books, coaching services and other offerings, visit our websites, carolyngowacoaching.com.au and johnpolocoaching.com. Remember to rate, review and subscribe. And if you found this podcast helpful, please spread the word so that we're able to support more people through grief.